and nerds of all ages welcome back to views from the back of the class i am one half of your hosting team my name is jamar breakstone but you can call me jb and i'm here with my man what's up nerds it's josh josh how you holding up man week uh 1080 on log now is it 1080 1080 1075 i lost track jeez uh i'm doing okay you know, hanging in there, doing what I can to keep you responsible nerds safe by sheltering in place and uh, just uh, out here living my best life, I guess. I ain't going back and forth with you nerds. <laughs> I couldn't say it better myself. What about you? How's it going over there? I'm making it work. I'm eating way too much peanut butter. Is there ever such a thing? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> when, when the jar is gone within a week, I think that might be too much. I got you. You know, it's funny. It's like I always think about when I was a kid. I don't know if it's if it was true or not. Like, I got to look it back up. But my <laughs> my mom used to always like warn against eating like too much peanut butter too quick she mm-hmm. was like there was a lady who died because <laughs> it's so stupid there's a lady who died because her family they were having a um, peanut butter eating competition which just sounds ridiculous yeah and she choked to death on peanut butter and i'm like now that i'm older i'm like did that really happen or were you just kind of like lying or, <laughs> she's trying to you keep know. you up from eating all uh, the peanut butter <laughs> <laughs> well in but theory like, in theory, it, it could work, but I, I don't know if it's true. <laughs> I can see that, though. If you but take if a big, true, that's really sad. big, dumb spoonful of it and you can't quite swallow it down. Yeah. And that's that's what my dad used to do. Like, I would see him eat it, and I would want to eat it like that, too. Right. And I think that's when she would be like, hey, calm down. Like, you're going to choke yourself to death. It's chunky. It, <laughs> be careful. <laughs> I had a very bad joke about that. <laughs> yeah, this is a family show. That is pretty funny, though. So what do we got going on this week? What are we what's happening out there in the world that somehow still exists? Right. Well, the stuff that does exist is television because that's what we're doing these days is you know binge watching everything even me who's notoriously (laughs) anti-binging yeah so i know neither of us were huge huge fans of this particular show but batwoman from the cw they are having some uh major changes the star yeah i don't even think you could say we were fans of that (laughs) i think that that's misleading, you know, by itself, but sorry for cutting you off. Oh, no, it's all good. Yeah, I tried with that one. It, it, And to be fair, as of late, none of the CW shows really moved the needle like that for me. 
Batwoman was, uh, it just wasn't for me. You know, I'm not even going to say it was bad or whatever. It just, it didn't appeal to me, so I didn't watch it. But anyway, yeah, they're going through major changes. I mean, the <laughs> the star of the show is not coming back. Ruby Rose and the staff or showrunner of Batwoman parted ways. It uh, sounded like initially she was leaving. I know she had had that injury, but the story came out that that was, you know, her leaving the show was not due to the injury. And then, you know, at first you hear she just opted to leave. And then you hear that maybe it wasn't all her choice. It's an interesting situation. Yeah, it is. Um, I never took the time out to watch the show. The mm. commercials never drew me in. You know, I, I would see them and I would like roll my eyes at them and be like, what, what is this? This just looks, you know, I wasn't sitting there hoping for it to fail or anything like that, but I'm just like, it doesn't look like you're doing anything good to begin with. Like right. there's, if you have a pile of crap, you can't make something good out of a pile of crap. It's still gonna be crap. Right. Um, just in a different shape or whatever. So I never checked it out, but that is pretty interesting about her leaving. It's like, it was really sudden and it's like, how is your, it, it, it happens. Like shows can get over this and survive this too. And they can recast. And it's not like, I mean, you're, you're watching a TV show about superheroes who <laughs> on a daily go up against, you know, villains who and put themselves in situations where they would die in real life. So, All right. you know, you have to suspend your disbelief anyway. So having that recast, I don't think her role, um, I don't personally think Ruby Rose is that great of an actress. So I don't think she owns that role. Mm -hmm. You can slide someone in to replace her. But again, I haven't seen the show, so I may be talking out the side of my neck. But it's still pretty interesting. I'm I'm looking to see how, like, what information comes out afterwards. Because it's like, why would you just leave all of a sudden? Like, what's really going on? behind the scenes and what led you to this decision like I understand if you're injured which you know turns out not to be the case or appear to be the case but yeah safety first right your health first like that makes sense all day long in in the grand scheme of things but this one I'm interested to see like what comes out like hopefully you know there was nothing going on on the set that like was you know inappropriate or disrespectful or anything like that but it's kind of i don't know when you hear something like this happen it's not great pr and for something that's not great to begin with it just makes you worry about other things too but that woman was supposed to be like the cornerstone for continuation or to build on for uh the remaining arrowverse shows i mean i imagine it she would have kind of played a similar role to what Arrow did in that universe. I know they got Green Arrow and the Canaries or however they were going to play that, but I mean, they, they did have a a similar take. Like, honestly, Arrow was just Batman without the suit. As, at least as mm-hmm. he was portrayed on the CW show. Yeah. Yeah, so I know there, like I, I had mentioned earlier with the Batwoman thing, how there were conflicting reports and um, I guess the latest one was that she did, in fact, quit. And she was cited as saying she just was kind of done with the, the hours and I guess was getting burned out on it or whatever. I'm like, mm, must be nice. Just say, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm out. 
<laughs> Man, it was uh that makes sense if that's the case. I can see that because shooting on a set can be kind of hard in long days. And I mean, you think about a show that, like, that you know, like a 20, 20 some minute sitcom, you think, oh, it's a 20 minute show. How long does that take to shoot? Well, we know we do a podcast that varies from 50 minutes to two hours or something. And we know that does not, we're not sitting here for that exact amount of time right. to nail it down. You know, this is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, surprised for what you guys get but what you guys get is actually the edited and best portions of what we do which says a lot because we we put out good quality stuff yes yes we do no joking exactly we'll fight you on that so i get it if that's why she left but it's kind of one of those things too it's like it's tv right. movies are hard but tvs are a different animal so especially since the television shows now are getting like what were formerly movie budgets like yeah. it's a different game bigger budget is going to be you know require much more of the staff that's involved in creating this thing whether it's talent or behind the scenes the crazy thing to me is that i don't know what the budget is for batwoman but it doesn't look like it has that great of a budget i mean it's got something uh, <laughs> no i know i know i'm just i'm just saying in general it just doesn't look good but i do want to see how they how they're going to fix this i mean i don't think that you know this is really it's an I don't think it's an earth shattering event where it's going to change anything. I think, you know, season two, when it comes back, whoever is going to be playing Batwoman and what that is her name. Kate, Kate Kane. Thank you. Kate Kane. Whoever plays her will do well, I guess. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see unless we get a uh, <laughs> a petition sent to her saying that she can't quit. The fans are uh, the fans are very vocal about everything <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Some of it oh, is legitimate. Of them. Right. Wow. At this point, I just mean, you know, fans of superhero stuff in general or, or you know, comic sci-fi stuff in general. The fans feel like they want to be a part of the production team or, you know, editing like, oh, this would be better this way. Or, oh, you know, this person shouldn't do this. And, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of armchair quarterback in a situation for good and for bad. I mean, because we have a, a prime example of that with Justice League. It has been maligned across every corner of the Internet. And, <laughs> you know, you don't have you, you find that there are very few people who have something good to say about it. Present company included. But the whole thing, you know, had always been this cry for the Snyder Cut, the Snyder Cut. We were told it didn't exist. It was never going to happen, and people just kept clamoring for it all the time to the point that it was getting annoying to me because I was one of the people that thought it never, it didn't exist. Mm-hmm. I mean, the man had gone through a, a major tragedy at that time. Who, Who's thinking about work? But fast forward, 2020, 2021, we're getting the Snyder Cut, and I've, you know, been seeing synopses about what's different, you know, how the scenes would have played out differently, and you know, how there would be additional actors who either didn't get their parts in what became Justice League to reinstate those and all of that. It's a thing. It's a mixed bag for sure, in my opinion. Just I like that fans are passionate and in most cases knowledgeable. But this trying to take ownership of something that doesn't belong to them or belong to us. It- I think, and sorry for cutting you off, um, but I think that 
this is like an area where you have to you have to be carefully balanced, right? Because yeah, we as fans, just in general, not necessarily to Justice League, because I feel two types of ways about this, and I'll get into that later. But we as fans, we don't own the rights to these stories. We don't own these characters or anything like that. But then again, without us, they're, they're not. Right. It's just information you're putting out into the void that, that no one's reading or consuming. So there is a balance that has to be struck. And I, the whole Snyder Cut thing that happened, that discussion was happening over like the course of a year. And, you know, uh, who was it? WB. The WB was like, you'll never see it or something. But we're getting it. So I think I, part of me looks at that and I'm like, I'm happy um, because one, <laughs> you can't do any worse than what we already got. <laughs> okay. With Justice League, right? Like you can't, <laughs> like I said before, if you got a pile of crap, you, you're, you're going to get a pile of crap in a different form. That's about it. Although some reports are saying that he's getting additional money. So I don't know if that's going to include reshoots or finishing or touching up things that he already shot. So I'm interested to see how it comes out, but I like I think all of that is just for visual effects. I can't imagine that there's going to be any reshoots at this point. Well, hopefully that 30 million is going to go fix uh Cavill's or Superman's mustache. <laughs> but, you know, as a fan of things and a fan who's, who's, I've been a record, right. Of being really, really disappointed in like these new star Wars movies. And I'm going to keep harping on them because they're trash. Like they're so easy to, to harp on, on, what's wrong and what you shouldn't do with the story. And it's funny not to get segued or anything, but it's like the stuff Disney does that's not directly related to, you know, Star Wars and the Jedi or whatever is great. But when they try to touch that storyline, it's a mess. So Rogue One was good and uh, The Mandalorian's good and everything like that. But 789 is, is horrible. So I understand as a fan, you're not being upset with something and wanting them to redo it because... I mean, think about it. You're investing your time, you're investing your money, and your passion, too, in those things. And two of those things are actually way more important than money, your time, and your passion, right? But you're investing those in this project, and you're disappointed with the outcome because it was clunky or wasn't done right. And then you're like, hey, we know that Zack Snyder was replaced, and this isn't really his vision. He's the one who kind of kicked off this DC universe or cinematic universe we want to see what he has envisioned because like i said before and i don't know if all fans feel this way or not but like i said you can't get any worse than than what they came so i like that pressure that the fan base put on the studios to get them to this point but at the same time and i don't know you know i don't remember reading any uh reports or anything saying anyone was like really threatened and stuff other you know like i'm sure there are people who make comments like oh this person's you know the dumbest person of all time and blah 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 but as far from what i know nobody was threatened nobody was demeaned in in a manner like that so i'm i'm here for it i like it like this is what studios are supposed to do to respect their fans and respect the story and you know that's my argument too is like don't put out anything subpar to begin with just don't do it. That's what pisses me off about bad movies and bad TV is that you have, you know, these writer rooms with 10 to 20 plus writers and they come up with these weak plot points and stuff. It's like you guys are professionals. You should be able to come up with something that's entertaining and plausible versus, you know, a, a time travel 
plot line or you know something with something just so tropey so it's like studios you gotta really assess what you're doing and step it up i mean not that any particular one is perfect you know all the time but justice league was bad i'm glad we're getting the snyder cut i'm looking it sounds weird to say i'm looking forward to see what it turns out to be because i'll say it a third time you can't <laughs> it can't be any worse it really can't i disagree i will i will cite uh x3 x-men the last stance and the dark phoenix it could definitely get worse yes but but those things while they're they're based around the same story you know if you can call it that dark phoenix isn't a remake of x3 the last stand no it isn't but i I guess the point i'm making is and that kind of makes it worse right because it wasn't using the same footage from from the last stand and they went in knowing that everybody not everybody but it wasn't a well-loved movie Mm. and then fox proceeds to give us what they gave us that's fox though like the whole i mean how many x-men movies were there not including like deadpool it was like nine yeah nine yeah so they had nine of the films and how many of those were really good like x-men was okay x2 was good x2 was good the wolverine was good first class was good days of future past is good we're four out of nine movies that's actually not a bad record (laughs) that's still not a winning percentage so in in between that we got so much weird stuff from from fox that was like back and forth like as much as i like the wolverine and then days of future past like if you watch those two movies there are things in there it's like wait they just totally undid or no i'm sorry not days of future past but logan logan Mm. and days of future past and deadpool all of that takes place or is supposed to take place within like 10 years mm-hmm. and it's like this to get to the point where you're at in logan doesn't really make sense when in deadpool which i think takes place it's supposed to take place a couple years prior to that like three or a handful i can't remember because mm-hmm. the timeline's so messed up but they're, they're not even paying attention to what they're doing so fox was just bad at the x-men movies so i, I get what you're saying with you know the last stand and the Dark Phoenix, which they both sucked, and I don't know which one was worse. I think Dark Phoenix was actually worse. That was my point. I don't know. I'd have to think about it. I mean, and, it, and it's, it's that's I, all subjective anyway, for sure, but I know we're a little bit off for what the original point was, but that was my little snarky remark that it could potentially be worse. <laughs> I gotcha. We'll have to see. I'll point out, even in this direction, you know, like some of the fan-made edits, like the Phantom Edit, you know, a fan went in and they re-edited the Phantom Menace, Cut scenes out, dubbed over Jar Jar, dubbed over the Nemoidians, and it's a better film. Mm-hmm. And that's without having any additional budget. That's that's without you know having access to scenes that didn't make it in. It's just the way they sliced it together. I don't know. I I just think, you know, my opinion is that I think it's a good reactioner to something that to kind of satisfy the fans in a serious way, instead of like just giving them like a fan service, empty handed gesture. And I think for me, that's where it makes this a very slippery slope because right now it was just a matter of, you know, release the Snyder cut, right? And they push and push and push and push and push. Well, what happens because now the studio has set the precedent that, you know, if you make enough noise for enough time, you'll get your way, right? You throw this tantrum, you get your way. So what if the next thing is, not 
so much give us the Snyder cuts because we know that we could have gotten a better project than we did. What if it is we don't want Captain Marvel or we don't want Black Panther or we don't want Shang-Chi or we don't want the whatever. No Green Lantern movie, whatever this thing is, you know, you've just kind of empowered potentially some of the worst of what we get out of the fandom because what Warner Brothers has said Make some noise, you get what you want. Now, that's probably not the case, right? It's probably not going to be the case moving forward. This was a unique set of circumstances, but that won't matter to the, you know, those who were clamoring for the Snyder Cut. I can't say that I'm super excited about it. Like, I I, I think this is a case of striking the right balance, right? So mm-hmm. if the fans are saying we don't, this it's kind of a case of two of, you know, Field of Dreams building, they will come. So if the people don't want to see Captain Marvel 2, if people don't want to see a Green Lantern movie, they're not going to spend their money on it. So that's going to tell the studio, we don't want to see this. If if they, they drop the movie, it's a box office bomb. That's the fans saying, hey, we don't want to see this movie. And then alternatively, if the fans still don't like the Snyder Cut, hey, you <laughs> You had crap to begin with. You still got crap. But I think what the studio can do is also look in their future plans and make sure that, again, they're putting out good stuff to begin with. And then they don't have to, you know, have this song and dance go on. And, I mean, you're not going to satisfy everyone. Like, you're going to have some people who want everything to be by the book, how it was written, blah, 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 to the T and that doesn't really work in this medium. You know, it works in comic book pages, but it doesn't necessarily work in film. So you can't satisfy everyone, but you can do something that touches on all the bases, I think, especially going forward versus like being like, okay, we're going to release Snyder Cut version two and version three and all this other stuff. But ultimately, like with things to come in the future, fans will speak with their wallets and go from there. Like, I think this is a unique set of circumstances. You know, I don't think... Like, for example, and I'm doing it again, you're not going to get Disney to re-release, you know, 7, 8, and 9 again. That's never going to happen. But <laughs> the reaction from the films has definitely impacted the future of the Star Wars franchise because they've put a, a hold on everything for a while and reassessed what they were going to do. So a vocal fan base, I think, is useful when you ignore all the noise out there and actually focus on what the majority is saying. I think that's... And in doing that, you're going to avoid all the people who are basically just bigots and sexists and idiots and the bad side of the fandom that nobody wants to deal with anyway. I don't know that you can filter it all out, though, because we've seen examples of how, you know, the, the bad side of the fan base having this, you know, having the ear of the studio, we've seen how that played out. You know, look at what was going on with The Last Jedi or something like even Batwoman, right? You and I were not fans of it personally, but it was maligned by a lot of people before it ever came on the air just because of, you know, who the character was. So, yeah, like I said, it's, it becomes a really dangerous proposition to do that because now every time we're not satisfied with something, it's going to become a thing. And it's it makes me nervous. Yeah, but that's where if you... Like I said, if you do something quality to begin with, then it makes it easier to ignore people who are complaining about things that are immaterial or don't matter. 
You know what I mean? Like the people. So I, and I think I've said this in an earlier podcast, not a fan of, you guys know I'm not a fan of Star Wars movies. The Last Jedi is a good sci-fi movie, but it's not, there's some stupid parts in it. Don't get me wrong, but it's not a good Star Wars movie, right? So the people who are complaining about Rose and Finn and all this other stuff, and then in nine for them to totally erase that or not acknowledge that that's the fecklessness of the director and the writer there to to cower i mean nine is it's a great example of what not to do because you're trying to appeal to just basically goodwill and nostalgia versus telling a story and that's actually it's pandering and it's it's kind of cheap and offensive to the fans. I mean, it's, it's, it's very similar. And I know this is a whole nother space, right? But <laughs> the, the Apple iPhone SE2, right? That's just a, an iPhone six with a new chip. And, you know, like to release that <laughs> to the, to on the marketplace is, is pretty offensive for, for Apple to do. Honestly, they didn't put any sec, any kind of thought into it. And that's what they did with, with episode nine. So, Again, if you do something that's quality to begin with, you can ignore a lot of the noise that's out there, especially if it's about that stupid stuff that I believe the majority of people don't care about. I think it gets a lot of noise in the um, in the media or a lot of uh, attention in the media is because it's going to draw viewers and it's going to draw ratings and everything to the site. And it's clickbaity. It kind of is. And it's true because we're we're still talking about kind of stuff like that today. It's just trolls. You can't, you can't. I don't. I'll say this: the people who are clamoring for you know a Snyder cut are different than the pe- the trolls who are against Rose and Fan or Batwoman and things like that. Just in on general principle, versus the actual work. The people who are clamoring for a Snyder cut was because Justice League sucked. They weren't clamoring for a Snyder cut because. Wonder Woman got 52 minutes of screen time or whatever, and Superman got 13. Or the majority of them weren't. So I think they're two different buckets of what you have to look at. Yeah, but one can lead to the other, which is what my concern is. Like, I know that that's not what it is now. Well, screw them. Screw them. Like, you don't have to listen to the trolls. Anna Diop is still a Starfire on Titans. True. If you have an issue with that, don't watch it. Agreed. But Warner Brothers but, ain't, ain't ain't about that. They're not just gonna say, "Oh, just don't watch it." They want your dollars. Yeah, but the people who are willing to pay for it are gonna are gonna do it. Yeah, they will. I just think that you will have empowered more of it, right? Where things might have died down a little more quickly if you feel like you're screaming at the clouds. But now this this will have you know given new resolve to people. Especially because of how long it took to get to this point. They're just going to remember that and say, hey, you know, it may be that we're, you know, they're just trolling. But instead of the trolling dying out after a couple of weeks of a theatrical release, it'll continue around. Right. It's going to continue to build on that because they've seen it work in the past, even though, to be completely honest, it probably was not the fans doing it. It was. Warner Brothers needing something to launch this HBO Max thing. 
So they 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 more took advantage of something that was in the marketplace more so than actually listen to the fans in that case. This is, you know, just my speculation. But from the fan perspective, it appears that this course of action got them what they wanted. So that's what worries me about it. Even though they are different things, the precedent is there now. And you know, that can bring some energy in, uh, to the trolls and just help them feel like, okay, we, but, can, we can go ahead and get this done. But it's not, though, because like this is a case of like when you're training an animal or whatever. I mean, I don't have kids. So I don't know. I can't use that example. <laughs> but when you're training a dog, right, it's positive reinforcement versus negative reinforcement. If the dog does something that you like, you encourage it and you reward it. If it does something that you dislike, then you don't encourage that. This is what it's doing to the fan base. Hey, we want a better movie. Oh, we got a better movie. Yay. It's not doing anything for the trolls who don't want Anna Diop to play Starfire or interracial couples on the screen. It's not doing anything for them because they're not listening to that to that wing of the minority vo- voice out there. Like I can see where it could be an issue like if you go down the table of we didn't like that. We want something new. We didn't like that either. We want something new. You know, that could be tricky, but I'm not too worried about how this is going to affect any any trolls out there, anybody who's of the uh, the bad side of, of the fandom. Or I, I don't want to say the black sheep because I don't want to use colors, but right. basically the trash of the fandom, This I don't think this move encourages them anymore. And yeah, I call them trash because that's what they are. We'll have to see. I I definitely feel differently about it. Beyond any of that stuff, though, like I feel like I know what we're going to get here. You can change what you want. I've seen enough of Snyder's work to know that it's going to look beautiful. Like it's going to be visually enjoyable to watch. But the dialogue is going to be paper thin. The plot points are going to be not super solid. I'm cool. Like, I'm not going to purchase HBO Max for this. Like, that's not going to lure me in. It's going to work. You know, they're going to make a ton of money on this because of all of those who have been clamoring for this. This this mythical Snyder Cut are now going to get it. But oh, by the way, it's behind his paywall. So you can you can get it. You got this done, fans. If you want to watch, it's going to cost you. You know, whatever the fee is. Eight ninety nine. That'd be eight dollars. Yes, it's it's. I agree with where you were going. You know, it's good that the studios listen to the fans, but I think that's that should be done on the front end, right? Listen to the fans. What are they looking for? What are their expectations? What do they want to see? Because mm-hmm. nobody, I mean, nobody's setting out to make a bad movie, right? Like Josh Whedon didn't want. A trash movie to come out. They he actually thought what he was putting together would would have been a good one or would have been well received, and it just happened not to be. Um, I think once the product is put out there, that's where you kind of have to tune tune out or you know turn down what the fans are discussing at that point. Because like, look, I did it already. It's done. This is what it is. However you feel about mm-hmm. it is how you feel about it. But we're not making changes like that. At least that's what. Right. You know, my two cents on it. I'm just not excited. Like, I'll watch it, and I, I hope it is good. 
but then at least I mean, you... I'm, I'm not excited for it either, but I'm just saying in compare, like I'm interested to see how it turns out because like I said, <laughs> the, the first one, Justice League, the theatrical cut, let's call it that, mm-hmm. was so bad that in order to, t- like your expectations are so low that even if they get Henry Cavill's mustache right, that automatically makes the movie a little bit better. <laughs> Even though it's still garbage. It just that that little piece get that they get right makes it infinitely better. And then two, you know, the movie didn't even look that great to begin with. So you mentioned it's gonna look good, um, because Snyder did it. It's gonna be beautifully shot and everything. That makes it a better movie. So I don't I'm not I'm not excited to watch this. I'm not gonna get HBO Max, you know, to to watch this movie. I'll wait till it's like free for 30 days or something then i'll go in and binge the stuff i want to see and get rid of it but i'm just i'm interested to see what they turn this pile of crap into is it gonna become a castle of crap is it gonna become a trailer of crap who knows but i'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that they're gonna be able to have take what they what they have and make something slightly better out of it I don't think I don't think it's going to be a completely new movie. I don't think it's going to be on par with anything that Marvel put out. It's not going to be on par with Age of Ultron. It's not going to be on par with Captain America: The First Avenger. Right. It will be better than Flash Gordon. <laughs> that is not saying much, but you are correct. I'm just giving them benefit of the doubt just to see what they make this out of. Mm-hmm. And who knows, you know, and not to. You know, try to sound like we're capitalizing on on trauma, but what he went through was Zack Snyder went through with the suicide of his daughter. Who knows what that's done to how he sees this story? Yeah, and how he lays it out. I mean, uh, what's the the phrase? Something about expressing your pain through art. We may get it. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's big news, but we'll see. We'll just have to wait and see what's happening with it. I um. I'm just not excited about the film. And maybe if it were a different one, right? One that I was kind of clamoring for, you know, an improved one. Here, Here's a good example. Fantastic Four. That film had a very similar situation where there was a lot of meddling from the studio, which caused the product that came out to be less than ideal. Which is Do what happened in Justice like League. The movie was garbage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's what happened with Justice League. We end up with a product that... You know, it just wasn't what we were expecting nor what we wanted. And I don't know, it just, it, it feels like a, a bit of a tantrum to me, like a group tantrum. And now you're being rewarded with, here's, here's your lollipop. And again, I don't think that's what Warner Brothers is doing. I just look at the optics of it. And that and it, that's enough to embolden further behavior on that on that same level yeah the optics could be bad but even with fantastic four the fans ultimately got what they wanted and that the property is now rightfully home you know what i mean (laughs) because that movie was so bad because it was not financially supported because x-men apocalypse was bad because dark well this is before dark phoenix even came out but like this, they Fox Studios set off a chain of events that caused them to have to sell themselves. So 
the fans weren't clamoring for, you know, another Fantastic Four or a reshoot, but at the end of the day, the fans weren't supporting it either. So I get what you're saying about the optics, and it sounds like, you know, everyone's having a temper tantrum about this, but at the end of the day, it's, I'm, I'm for, if you spend your, if you're investing in something and you're spending your time, then you have somewhat of a say in certain things. Um, and, and most people you speak with your wallet, but sometimes that's not good enough. Sometimes you can't get a refund. So how do you make your voice heard then? I mean, you can't, I mean, you probably, you, and this is America, you can, you can sue anybody, yeah. <laughs> but nobody's going to go through the, no one's going to go through the trouble of suing, you know, Warner brothers for 40 bucks back for two movie tickets right? because they didn't enjoy the movie. Yeah, I could see that. I think they should. Yeah, I no. think you should. I think for anyone out there listening, if you're not, if you're sitting in a movie and you're not enjoying it, definitely walk out and go and go to the service desk and ask for your money back. Like that's the best way to to one of the best ways to be heard about uncertain things is to hit them where it hurts because you know they're funding these films and they're borrowing and leveraging and all this other stuff to fund some of these blockbusters, and if they got you know two hundred million dollars tied up in it and you know, they invest another 50 or $100 million in, in marketing and advertising. And the box office returns only shows 50, 50 million bucks. That's a big message to them. But, you know, sometimes that's not enough. So I think this is a mix of what you were saying is HBO now looking to undercut or try to undercut Netflix by having their own exclusive and generate some news off of that. But I think, too, it's the people who are responsible for the DC movies being able to swing it with the the ma- upper management, so to speak, to get something like this done. Because some things are on hold because of corona, and some things are on hold because this movie sucked. And the way <laughs> it was supposed to you know, propel other things forward, it didn't do that. Right, like the Flash movie, we don't know if that's ever going to happen, which I don't care about. Sure, and that's do. the it reason I don't care because about everything that's wrapped up in in these movies, I don't care. We've had this discussion earlier in the show in early episodes about them taking, trying to emulate what what Marvel was doing, and accelerate it unnaturally fast. And, and this is what you end up with. Yeah, exactly. So. Yes, I think part of this, if they can, if they can kickstart this, do it right or do it better, then I think it's going to help them move things forward. Because you know we already have Wonder Woman eighty four, but think about it from a story perspective, that still takes place in the past. So the only current thing that we know of what's happening in the DCCU, which they need to think that out because that's hard saying, is Aquaman. That's yeah. it. Yeah. We don't know what's happening next. We don't we don't know what's going on. The Batman, that takes place in the past. This Flash movie's been in development hell for four years now. That movie is that's never probably never out. gonna that's probably not gonna happen. So if they like I said, if they can do this right and help get things back on track, what do they have to lose? Uh Absolutely this nothing. whole thing could crash and burn on them. 
If it crashes and burns on them, they're just going to pick up what pieces they can salvage and keep and move forward. So you're going to see Aquaman, you're going to see Wonder Woman continue on, and it's going to be loosely related. You probably wouldn't see them on screen again for like another 10 years. And then you're going to have your Green Lantern TV show and all the other TV shows that supposedly roll into this universe. If that's the worst case scenario, that's where they were headed anyway. But if this is done right, then potentially you could see a Justice League 2. Or you can see, I don't know, Superman v. Apocalypse or something. Oh, no. I, I don't have terribly high hopes. But that's just me being a skeptic. Like, I hope it does well. You know, if it does well, then maybe that proves that somebody at Warner Brothers is starting to understand what they have and actually using it to their advantage we'll have to see we'll just have to see i think we're going to get a beautifully shot pile of manure that's what i think we're going to end up with which is still better than a blurry shot pile of manure <laughs> but it's ultimately I mean, if you the, take a picture you get ultimately the same thing but the, the difference here is um yeah, but one still looks one looks better than the other Kind of. The issue with this, though, is this is what you're using to anchor your your new streaming service. So if that is the thing, if that's the draw or if that's the flagship product and it falls flat. One of the flagship is friends. They got friends. Yeah, they do. But friends is in, in syndication in perpetuity, man. You can watch friends every day. Like, I don't know that that's going to get people to purchase HBO Max to watch Friends. Yeah, but Friends is on TNT or TBS or something. It's not on network. That's what so, I mean. It, it I, is on cable, but it comes but on it network TV say. too. Not as much, but it's on that too. I, I haven't seen it. I don't know. I mean, but I'm just saying, eight ninety nine or ten bucks or twelve ninety, whatever they're charging for this thing, for the people out there who love Friends and don't own the the show on DVD or whatever, mm-hmm. twelve bucks a month is cheaper than. A hundred and something dollars for a cable package. True. I mean, ultimately, I don't think this is a whole other discussion, but I don't think HBO, like, you know, revisiting this Disney Plus. Disney Plus is nice. It's a convenient thing to have. It's not a must have like I thought it would be like when it first came out. Like, it's not a game changer. Netflix is still at the top of the king of the hill, and it's not going to be dethroned anytime soon. I don't think HBO Max is going to do it either. Oh, no. It but, never would. I think it all depends on what your household needs are, though, because for some people, Disney Plus is king. It just it just depends on what, you know, the users, individual users want. I haven't checked the data on it to see what, you know, what the streaming wars are doing. I think that Disney Plus is probably gaining on Netflix. Netflix has had a pretty good head start on, you know, whatever streaming uh, services that were coming behind. So it takes a bit to do it, but I don't think, yes, I still think Disney plus is probably a must have for some families, particularly if you have children. I think that depends on the age of your kids. If you have toddlers then there's not that I'm advertising Netflix um, in regards to the streaming wars, Disney, even if you include Hulu, I think it's still a distant second to Netflix. I mean, Netflix added like 20-something million subscribers mm-hmm. since the last quarter or something like that. That's insane. 
And I know a lot of that has to do with the shelter in place and the quarantine and crap like that. But yeah. that's still an insane number on top of what they already had. So I don't I, I, you got to keep an eye on what Disney is doing, but it's not it's not I don't think it's a threat. Amazon streaming is not a threat. Hulu's not really a threat. I mean, like how many hit shows can you name off of Hulu? Handmaiden's Tale. You mean original content? Original content. That's what I want. All right. So there's the Handmaid's Tale. There's there's Shrill. There's um. Nah, nobody ain't nobody talking about Shrill. Huh? Nobody nobody talks about Shrill unless you unless you're on BuzzFeed or something. I I mean I had heard it come up uh, quite a bit. I I have no idea how popular or not it is. Um, I just know it was one that was kind of a thing. There's a what is it? The Pretty Little Fires or the Little Fires Everywhere. Thank yeah, you. Which just came out. Yep. So there's they. Hulu's yeah, got some I mean, stuff. They do, but they. What I'm saying is that they don't have the that recognition that like the Netflix shows have. I agree. I think that's kind of like what you're saying. Is the benefit of Netflix being so far ahead in the game is that they had they they were like the originators. So you know, of course, Orange is the New Black is going to resonate with people. House of Cards is going to resonate with people. But then they're continuing to drop Stranger Things, but they're continuing to drop, you know, these other shows that continue to have that uh, goodwill in the marketplace that people are going to be drawn to because, hey, that's what introduced a lot of us to, not a lot of us, all of us basically to, to streaming. Right. I think HBO Max is going to be like another convenient thing to have, but I think it's going to be one of those services where you get it and need it you know, for that, for that, at that point in time, but it's not going to be, I don't think it's going to be a continuous charge on most people who are aware and active for them. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't think it's going to crash and burn either. I just don't think it's, it, it's convenient. You know, it's, it's like Amazon prime. It's convenient. You have Amazon prime already. Oh, I can watch a couple shows in here. Cool. If I don't have that, nobody's, Nobody's going to be like, oh, my God, I need to get Amazon Prime so I can watch Jack Ryan, which is pretty good, I think. But I don't know. I, I do think Hulu teamed up with FX is they're trying to find a better, more ways to compete with, you know, recognized shows. But again, I don't know. Well, we'll just have to kind of wait and see with with all of it, like just like with everything else. We'll see what the what the film actually looks like, what it does, and you know, does it make HBO Max a player in the streaming wars? All of that will have to be seen at a later time. It's it's just all we don't know yet. We just don't know. Question is, what do you guys think about it? I'll let us let us know. I don't care what the fans think. They can say what they want, but I don't give a crap what they say. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> After you spend all that time defending it, that's hilarious. Uh, I know, right? You know, I, I know this particular film, especially, has stirred up some pretty interesting conversations out there. So I'm sure you all have an opinion about it one way or the other. Uh, we want to hear from you guys. Definitely reach out. Let us know, you know, what you think. Do you think? Are you excited about the prospect of the Snyder Cut of the Justice League. Do you not care? Are you actively against it? Maybe you like the original Justice League and not want to see it un, you know, touched again. So hit us up. Let us know what you think. And with that said, 
Josh, do you have any homework for the people? Mm, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no instructions for baking bread or nothing? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, my only instruction is or homework I have for you guys. We're, we're freaking masked when you go outside. <laughs> That's about it. Fair enough. If you're not doing so already. Because if I see if I if I'm outside and I'm wearing a mask and you're around me and, and you're not wearing a mask, I'm punching you in the face. Yikes. All right. This is uh <laughs> Josh all fired up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. For me, I actually do have some homework for you. Is a, a film that I had come across that I was completely unaware of. It's not, you know, it's not like it's wildly action packed or anything like that. It's just a good, solid film, and it's you know within this nerd space. It's Fast Colors. Oh yeah, which is on Hulu. Yep, it is about a family of women with superpowers and just kind of how they're dealing with it, how it affects their relationships with each other and. You know, even like romantic relationships and things like that. So it's pretty dope to look at it from a different lens. Um, It's still a. It's not a superhero film, per se, because they're not like out fighting crime and such, but they they are women with superpowers trying to exist, just trying to exist. Right. And it's it's just a different a different perspective on some uh, 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 an idea that we're familiar with just kind of turned on its head a little bit. So recommend that you guys check that out on Hulu Fast Colors. I think you might dig that one. So that's your homework for the week. That's really awesome. A good movie. Good stuff. Sweet. Well, thanks guys for tuning in. It's actually funny that um, we actually had another topic prepared that we'll, we'll save for a later episode because we just got so caught up in the, the yeah. Zack Snyder <laughs> thing and, and everything around that. And I got a little but more heated cool than we expected. I, yeah, I think these are the episodes where it turns out uh, that I that I really enjoy when I listen mm-hmm. to it. And we hope you guys are enjoying it, too. Yes. But in the meantime, I do want to say you guys have a part to play more than just listening. And that is, you know, we need we need some ratings out there. So if your podcatcher allows you to rate, give us a rating. And also, too, you know, if you if you like the show and you know people who will like the show as well, word of mouth really helps the show grow. We've seen some good growth since we've been doing this, but you know, we, not that we don't appreciate the listeners that we do have. But no, we absolutely it's always we about spread the love, reaching an audience. Absolutely, that is very much appreciated. As always, you guys can find us on Instagram at views from the back of the class underscore pod. You can find us on Twitter at the other n word. You can email us at viewspod at gmail dot com. And you can call us at 312-521-0527. I guess I should say you can call and text us. So, and actually, I missed a call right before we started recording this episode. So I got to go back and listen to the voicemail because some people actually do do that. So yeah, <laughs> shoot us a text or something. Let us know what you think. If you disagree, agree. Might read it on air. Might not. I don't know. We'll see. But definitely, you know, reach out. I mean, one of the, for me, one of the things that makes a podcast enjoyable is the, the interaction that I want to interact with other people. Absolutely. And I've done that, too, with some of our podcast buddies out there. When they've had an episode, I've reached out and, hey, man, this episode was great. Or, or else, hey, this episode was great. Here's my two cents in this point, even though you didn't ask for it or whatever. 
but it's appreciated. You know, it's it's the the hallmarks of a a good episode. I think absolutely. I mean, it's supposed to be a conversation, not a speech, right? Exactly. I think we should do more speeches, though. I always got more of those in me. As always, thank you guys for rocking out with us again this week. And on that note, class dismissed.